Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Patrick Honeywell. Welcome to Chef Special on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Today, my guest is Nathaniel Reed, chef and owner of Nathaniel Reed Bakery, located in Kirkwood, Missouri. On today's podcast, Nathaniel discusses his experiences directing top pastry kitchens, such as Michelin three-star restaurant Joel Rubichon in Las Vegas, the Five Diamond St. Regis Hotel in Dana Point, California, and Norman Love Confections in Fort Myers, Florida. And then fulfilling his longtime dream of opening a pastry shop in his home state of Missouri, taking us on a tour through Nathaniel Reed's bakery visual menu, listing his sweet and savory bestsellers and discussing what goes into creating and sustaining a successful high-level community bakery. Chef Nathaniel, thank you for joining me today on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You've got such a great history and background in baking, and you have a really awesome bakery in Missouri. you say Missouri or Missouri? Uh, most politicians say Missouri, but I'm not a politician, so I say Missouri. Well, that's, I'd rather interview a, a pastry chef than a politician, so this is going to be perfect. <laughs> perfect. Good. <laughs> okay, so let's, uh, for the audience, kind of give us a background on your history, you know, how you got into pastry, where you were, and we'll go from there. Uh, yeah, so this is around 20 years I've been in the, in the food service industry, and um, I started when I was in college. I was working in the front of the house, um, and then I just you know, while I was working in the front of the house, I was always noticing all the fun and all the action in the in the kitchen and just decided it would be really awesome to pursue that as a career. Um, so I went from being a waiter in a restaurant and uh, where I couldn't get a job in the kitchen there. They wouldn't hire me because I was a waiter. So <laughs> I applied at um, another nice restaurant and asked them if I could work there. And they said, yeah, we have a, you know, a dishwasher position that we have open. And I said, I'd I'll gladly take it. And so that was my intro into the, into a nice kitchen and into the back of the house. And Mm -hmm. I haven't looked back since then and just kind of done, I think in a way over time, I've done basically every position in the front of the house and back of the house and management and everything and any type of restaurant or establishment you can do. And it's all kind of culminated all those experiences into owning and running my own bakery and the type of products and the selections that we have yeah it's amazing so you started as dishwasher and then i think you jumped mm-hmm. to fry cook then to saute station under chef chris mcdonald yeah yeah i did pretty awesome it was a lot of fun so you did that you did all of that and then eventually uh didn't you go to cordon bleu in paris is that where you yeah well i was while i was doing that i was in that was i went to college at university of missouri and i was studying hotel restaurant management so mm-hmm. At that time, I was there cooking at Chris McDee's restaurant and uh, got, you know, he just basically gave me my start and took the chance that, you know, I and I can understand why as a business owner, it's hard to take chance on people mm-hmm. without experience, but uh, hired me as a dishwasher and then a prep cook and all these different things. And uh, he's a very good chef and gave me a lot of good training and he gave me my first knife, which I 
shortly after he handed it to me, cut my hand really badly on, oh, <laughs> no. while wiping the blade side towards the towel. And it cut I hope that didn't become part of your raspberry uh, coolie, right? <laughs> no, no. So, <laughs> you know, but the things, a lot of things we learn from are our mistakes, right? And that was just one of them to learn from. So, and after University of Missouri, after I graduated from there, I did go to Le Cordon Bleu in Paris and uh, did baking and pastry and also savory cooking there. So then when you came back, I believe you ended up at the Ritz-Carlton Las Vegas. Is that uh, how you kind of transitioned into hotels? Yeah. Yeah. So really lucky. I got a job with Patrice Caillot. Um, mm. He had just won his world championship with the WPTC um, competition back then. And um, it was awesome. It was a really fun time. I mean, you get to Las Vegas, as you know, I think at the time I was 24, you know, end up in Vegas and my first job working for first really job after culinary schools working for a world pastry champion wow amazing chef as him i mean i was like you know my eyes were big and <laughs> saw stars everywhere it was pretty awesome <laughs> so from there um did you go directly to the saint regis resort did they recruit you or how did that work out yeah um in between i uh, between those two places i was um at joel robichon um we op the restaurant opened up and i was part of the opening team there and shortly after the opening of was promoted to being a sous chef. Um, and I worked there for, I think near three years, two and a half or three years. So that was a pretty awesome experience That's opening that place. And yeah, opening Robichon as a three, you know, three, late, which later became three Michelin star, but was fully that at opening and then opening Latelier, like a one Michelin star restaurant. And then later taking over the mansion hotel kitchens. And I was, uh, I was in charge of that, like taking over the mansion hotel, which is like a private boutique hotel inside the MGM, all under Robichon umbrella. So a really amazing experience to be able to do that. A lot of hard work. Um, it was just, it was probably the best experience of my career, I think, to go through that and to be able to be a part of something so dynamic. Mm. And so I was there before I went to the, to the St. Regis. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I met you at the St. Regis. Interesting. Uh, I knew Frederick Gaston, the executive uh, chef there. And I'll never forget, I walked into the pastry shop and you're there and I'm looking around. You're so young. I said, like, who's this young, handsome guy? I thought, There's, where's the yeah. executive pastry chef? And you're there and you're, you were so cool. And every time I come by for a visit, I mean, you were always working on some really cool, you know, really nice, beautiful pastry, but also you were always calm, super organized. The shop was super, it was very clean. And I remember we kind of tackled a little bit of a bread, you know, together. That was kind of fun. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember very well. It was, it, you know, it was pretty neat. Uh, I thought it was incredible for you to take the time and come and show me some really interesting things that I didn't have that much experience with, with bread and things like that. And, you know, I'm, I, I love to learn. And uh, like a lot of people in this industry, and it's so neat to see something that's really just a whole separate trade. Mm -hmm. from the things I had done. And, you know, it, it was pretty awesome. And I'm, I, I couldn't be more flattered by the comments of what you said about the the place, because to me, I feel like that's the calling card of any place I'm running or those things are all in place about the mm -hmm. cleanliness and organization and hopefully a sense of calm and a sense of quality of product. You know, um, those are all really important things to me that I try to establish with the team. So that's, that's it's like uh, the biggest compliment I think I could get. Mm. Well, it's all true. I remember. So from there, did you 
I think you moved to Florida, right? Or, or somewhere in the South? Where was it? Yeah, to Florida. Um, okay. So I got in a call or gotten put together with uh, Norman Love, who's uh, amazing, a very good chef and amazing businessman. And uh, he has, a, of course, had already had a very successful business and doing really wonderful things. And um, he was looking to expand his pastry uh, operation and kind of bring it to new heights to match kind of where his chocolate operation was. And he had, um, uh, we had some mutual friends and he had heard of me and knew me. And of course I'd heard of him and we just started talking and everything. And, uh, he had recruited me to come in and, uh, uh, be the pastry chef there and, um, grow his pastry operation. Um, so when I got there, he had at the time only had the one retail store mm-hmm. and, um, only a few, a couple of employees for, for pastry and bakery and, and things, a very light bakery program at the time, mainly cookies and brownies and stuff. And then, um, within a year, I think he had built out, we, uh, like a 4,000 square foot facility that I was in charge of running and helped to help to do some of the design and idea work with. And then we started doing wholesale gelato ice cream production, doing wholesale bakery and bakery production, wholesale cake and cake, you know, entremet and petit gâteau production mm-hmm. and uh also opened up two other retail outlets with that one was a gelateria and creperie and the other one was a full-blown uh, norman love confection store with chocolate and uh chocolate gelato and pastry and things like that so gosh it was pretty awesome a very busy yeah. place a lot of a lot of things happened in a short amount of time which is you know like something Norman can get done and can do. And I was happy to be able to assist them and uh, grow a lot and learn a lot while being there in such a, a different environment that I had been in more manu, you know, a little bit more manufacturing kind of environment and stuff. So it was, a, it was very neat and very interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Nathaniel Reed bakery. Was it kind of, I, I was going to ask you originally, was it a lot different from hotel pastry and the, the approach, but then you have such a background in the retail side. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the approach is, I think, different, you know, you're, you're selling a product, um, people see the product, all, everything I say, I only do retail at our store. Mm, We're not doing, we don't do wholesale at all. Mm -hmm. Um, so everything's in a showcase and that's the menu, you know, whatever you see in the showcase is more or less what we sell that day. Mm -hmm. That's all made fresh, made in house, you know, all the wonderful things we can do at a bakery or patisserie. Um, so it has to be eye appealing. I mean, it's not like a restaurant where you just see a menu description, right? So it has to be eye appealing. It has to be something that consumers in your market want, or you won't be in business. <laughs> but, um, and, you know, there isn't the budget of a big hotel or things like that. But I, I think if you are creative and you are business minded, you can know how to use the best ingredients and use all those things and still sell a product at a reasonable price to the consumers. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds probably pretty challenging and impossible, but I I can tell you it is possible to do. The important thing is I know your, your pastry and your product look gorgeous. Maybe what some people don't think about as much is that it has to taste as good as it looks for them to come back. So they can go, Oh my God, look at that. Give me one of those, give me one of these. And then, but for them to come back and reorder or try something new, they, it has to really grab them, the, the quality of the product and the recipe and the formula, et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, like I mentioned it uh, by that, that was a comparison of to a hotel, to a bakery is about instead of a menu or a restaurant, instead of a menu description, you actually see the product, mm-hmm. but no shape, 
uh, form or way is it the importance of the product ever to be more visually stimulating than taste stimulating Definitely. you know it it should always taste better than it appears no matter how beautiful it is the i mean at the end of the day the ideas that we're 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 eating that product and the look will get i this is my belief is a look will get it purchased once the taste will get it purchased again you know so people are going to keep coming back because of the the taste of it they might come and buy it as a gift for somebody else because of the look at it but they're not even buying it for themselves again if it's just about looks so um that's the importance is making food is for the for the flavor and for the taste and if you want to gain the customer's trust the first thing they taste if it's you know it looks beautiful and it's it's not tasting good why are they going to experiment on something or or invest their money into something that's more of a gamble about something they don't really recognize or aren't familiar with mm-hmm. so really it's a relationship about based on trust to me between the the business and the consumer Let's talk about Nathaniel Reed Bakery, uh, your product mix. What type did you decide to sell on the sweet side? And then uh, talk about savory a little bit. Uh, yeah. So on the sweet side, we have, uh, well, at any time in the bakery on any day, uh, pre-COVID, we would have normally between 110, 120 products skews for sale. Um, post-COVID, it's about 100, 90 to 100. We're, we're, we're ramping back up into more items again now that it's been almost a year we've been doing you know through this mm-hmm. um on holidays it could be up to 130 140 things like that so a lot of products that are all made here and on on uh, for sale every day which is uh in a lot of different trades so having pastry having bakery having savory uh having well bread and vinoiserie you know there's a lot of different trades under one building which is pretty fun and challenging at the same time so in pastry, in regards to pastry, we have um, uh, we have petit gâteau and we have entremets. So we have individual cakes and mm-hmm. large cakes. We have uh, French macaroons. We have a selection of pound cakes, which are near and dear to my my heart. For some reason, that's one of my favorite things to eat and to make. Um, we have a lot of retail items, so some confiserie items and chocolate items. We have different uh, selection of chocolate bars. All our chocolate bars are made with Valrona chocolate, as are our um, all our petit gâteau and they're made with Valrona cocoa powder. If we have mm. cocoa powder in the brownies, even it's Valrona cocoa powder in a bakery, which is Well, I'm going to ask you about those brownies in just a minute and your cookies. Okay. I hear they're awesome. Killer. Yeah. We'll get, so, we'll get um, to those. <laughs> so we do some other things like, um, they're just more fun for the market, like doing meringues and, um, you know, like we have maybe have 12 jams on, on hand at any time that we're, mm. you know, getting, getting great fruit, seasonal fruit and making into, um our jams uh we said candy bars we have seasonal items like salted caramel bars or um like some pate tartinier like spreads and things like that that we make too nougats um a lot of fun different things and chocolate uh chocolate uh like eggs or or rabbits or we actually even sell chocolate hippos during christmas and things like that so yeah well wide variety of sweet products as far as savory products, so we make all, and I'll include bread in this discussion. We make mm-hmm. all, we make um, all the breads in house for all the sandwiches, and we typically have five five different flavor assortments of flavors of sandwiches. Right now, we normally had seven, and then have like a special one that would be weekends only. So like mm-hmm. eight, eight. Well, actually, more than that, including breakfast sandwiches and croque monsieur's. So maybe more towards nine Gosh. sandwiches every day, and you know. Um, 
we make a variety of breads for each sandwich is basically on a different bread. And, you know, we make wonderful croissants. Why not cut one of those in half and make some good sandwiches? With That's those an awesome too. sandwich. Let me, let me yeah. back up a little bit and ask you about the bread, uh, chef. The, yeah. are you doing pan breads? Or are you doing like freeform? Nope. Um, Everything's batards? freeform. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do do batards. We do a lot of them on rolls. So like challah, our, our uh, roast beef is on challah, horseradish, okay. you know, this poppy seed challah. So it's a, a single, uh, a single braid, a knotted braid that we put the, we build the sandwich on. We do some, like we do demi baguettes. We might make an Italian roll, you know, things like that, that are already built for making a sandwich on like mm -hmm. the style for a sandwich. Uh, we do when we make like, for example, the croque monsieur, we're um, making that into batards and slicing it and building it in and stuff. So it has a more artisanal look than a pan bread does. So not really don't make anything in pans, make it all free form. We are um, pre-COVID. We are also selling loaves for retail too. Um, we would do a, a miche. We would do a pan of levon and we would do uh, a large, large hollows for the weekend and some mm -hmm. things like that. So that was kind of the bread form. We make, you know, all our puff pastry in-house. All, of course, the Queen of Mons. The Queen of Mons are a huge seller here. We make Queen of Mons dough. We make croissant dough, and we do a lot of croissants. Uh, but we're doing all those things here. And then uh, we have a lot of quiche. Quiche has very, been a very big item. And mm -hmm. we do lots of varieties from different types of seafood quiche, maybe on holiday special ones. And then quiche Lorraine as an everyday kind of staple. Uh, to one of my favorite quiche that we're going to be making that we do make that's more of a seasonal item is roast. I do roast potato, smoked ham, um, leeks, like fondue leeks, melted leeks, and then uh, tarragon chives and parsley inside. It's phenomenal. So just, you know, variety. We do incredible mix of products that you do. Let me ask you. So yep. And we do salads too. <laughs> and you do salads. Okay. So we'll, we'll shoot through this part kind of quickly. What's your most yeah, requested sure. dessert? Um, uh, as far as cakes is our chocolate cake, which is probably pretty normal for most places, but it's mm -hmm. um, our Guiana cake. It's got a crunchy caramelized rice crispy base with hazelnut, our homemade hazelnut praliné, a chocolate creme brulee inside, chocolate sponge, and a chocolate mousse. So just kind of decadent layers of textures of chocolate. Well, that sounds amazing. I, you're going to get a call off uh, off podcast for that recipe. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. How about like a baked good? Like, so you have croissants. Do you do Danish and muffins too? Or? Yeah, we don't do muffins. We have okay. a select, we have, um, you know, almond croissants, chocolate almond, Queen of Mon, classic butter croissants, chocolate croissants, mm -hmm. seasonal Danishes and brioches and cookies, brownies, uh, pommiers, you wow. know, financiers, all this kind of like, Gutierrez or little snacky type items and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so, what a yeah, lineup. so for <laughs> sure, almond, you know, a little bit sweeter things sell in this marketplace. So, like almond croissant or Queen of Mons are, are pretty big sellers. And of course, classic croissants and chocolate croissants are always in the uh, are must have items, right? Yeah. And I so, read something uh, on your croissants, which is a huge compliment. A French guy. I believe had come in and he, he commented how wonderful your croissants were. I think it made him feel like he was back in France. And that means you do a really great croissant. Can you tell me about the butter you're using in the croissant? Uh, yeah. So we sourced um, a butter from Wisconsin that wasn't previously used in this uh, marketplace. Mm -hmm. And um, we are buying 55 pound blocks of that. And you were putting it into our, roll in you know forming it into our roll-in butter and stuff and it's a 83 percent um 
83% butter fat. That's yeah. up there. So nice. it's good. It's got, it's got nice plasticity to it. It's mm-hmm. a good, it's been a good butter. And we use that actually in all our products. We just use this one amazing butter for cookies, for brownies, for, you know, anything we might use. That's probably why your brownies and your cookies are so killer. And I, I don't, I understand they're not your recipes. Yeah, I stole them from my wife. <laughs> I heard about that. That's a, my segue into Lily. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So. <laughs> how did you, how did you two meet? If I, if I might ask. Uh, well, we met at the Ritz Carlton in Las Vegas. Okay. I was a, I was just hired as a cook there, and um, I was working there. I think for a week or two weeks, maybe. And she was working as a pastry cook for the Ritz Carlton in Laguna Niguel. She's from mm-hmm. Southern California. Mm. and we were pretty busy there and they, I don't think were very busy at the time. So they sent her on task force to help out our hotel and we just became friends and, you know, started hanging out and everything. And then, uh, probably like, I don't know, maybe nine months or a year later, I talked her into kind of dating me. Mm. (laughs) Was that tough? Was it, were you nervous? (laughs) I wasn't nervous about it. I don't think that she kind of understood I was asking her out. I think she still thought we were kind of friends. Yeah. Let's just share some uh, recipes that not recipes for love. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe I, I wasn't as good of a communicator as I should have been at that time, but you know, so it's all worked out. And, um, not only did I get those two wonderful recipes, but I got two wonderful children as well. And it's just been amazing. We've been together for 16 years now and pretty fascinating. And, but she's, she's a, so she's a pastry chef as well. And, um, they are her recipes for the cookies and the brownies that we make here. So all the different cookies, I mean, she just makes some wonderful products like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy, happy that, I mean, to be able to sell those in our shop. Well, that's a fantastic story. I have to ask you about your sandwiches. What makes a great sandwich? And I asked because doing a little research and you won the Food Network top 100 best sandwiches in America. And you know, when you when somebody says, hey, you know what? Let's just go out and go to get a good sandwich. What shop in town has a good sandwich? Well, how about Travel Leisure says best sandwich in all of Missouri. And Nathaniel Reed mm-hmm. Bakery makes them. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah. What are you guys doing there with your sandwiches? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, never mind then. Is mean, it it's not just bologna sandwich or? <laughs> no. So, I mean, I this is something I take a lot of pride in is like, you know, we are doing savory products. I want to do them at a high level or why would I, I? I mean, everything I make, I want it to be really trying to do the best we can. That's just my style and my integrity of, of what I like to do or I just rather not even do it, mm-hmm. you know? So the sandwiches are no different. I mean, it wouldn't make sense to have these beautiful glazed cakes and un- amazing entremets next to, you know, some poor looking product in a different showcase, whether, whatever, or, you know, whatever it was cookies or sandwiches or vinoiserie or macaroons. But so I put a lot of work into them. We put a lot of time into them, but I think there's two, two types of sandwich places. Okay. And this is, that are good sandwiches. Mm-hmm. We are a bakery. So we're making the bread. So the bread to me is the most important part of making a good sandwich. If you Not make just a bread, vehicle, it's important. Yeah. yeah. No, it's the, it is the differentiator because especially in today's market where maybe 50 years ago, it wasn't such a differentiator, but today's market with mass produced bread and um, it's hard to be distinguishable mm-hmm. whenever you are an independent bakery or you can make production with love, whatever size it is of, of establishment and really put work into making great products like that, then it's going to show and it's going to shine and it's going to differentiate from a lot of comp sets. 
that's our way and that's our way. And for me, I put great fillings in it. I make my own pickled vegetables. We're doing all the fillings and doing all the things. So, you know, I'm not going to say it's just the bread. It's all the things included. In my, my opinion, the other side of a good sandwich place is a place that maybe is buying more of a, you know, a wholesale or generic bread that is less distinguishable, but they're filling it with like just a lot of, usually a lot of product and a lot of very uh, flavorful or flavor pushing products, you know, mm -hmm. so making super spicy and, you know, different things. And it's intriguing as well. You know, it's a good product as well. It's just a different way to get to making a good product to the consumer. Well, you know, you've done so many awards too. I believe in Delish, they listed you as head 2018 Best Chocolate Dessert in Missouri. So are you still doing competitions or are you consulting now, teaching? Where, what do you have time for? Because you have two kids yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. That's a good uh, question. So, I mean, this is, this place I have has been my dream for 20 years to get to this opportunity that, mm. you know, well, for 15 years, it was af opened after 15 years, basically me being in this business. And it was something I was in school, drawing this bakery, laying it out while I was in culinary school. So this mm. has always been my dream and one to get to. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a lot of success and a lot of fun doing competitions, uh, those types of things, you know, um, I haven't really been involved with it besides coaching some different people in the past five or six years. Mm -hmm. um, my competition is the day-to-day -day coming in and, you know, developing my team, developing my business, developing products, you know, uh, being a, hopefully a visionary for my business and mm -hmm. things like that. That's to me the competition. And I take a lot of pride in coming in with that every day, um, looking at it almost like a competition of trying to make the place better and trying to help my team to be better and try to develop the people. I think I've, I've, since I've been a kid, I've been burning the candle at both ends. And sometimes <laughs> I've found a third end that didn't ah, exist. And but you're always I calm. Just, like I said I just, before, uh, organized and calm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I try to be. Sometimes <laughs> it might feel better, might look better on the outside than maybe what it is on the inside. But, you know, I, I really try my best and it's definitely built a different level of, of, uh, of responsibility by having children and having things that I didn't have before being a homeowner, for example, and, you know, or just different things I like got owning a business, you know, it's a different level of responsibility, of course. And I take a lot of pride in being resp a responsible type of person. Um, I try to run anybody's business that I worked for or ran for them like I would my own. So I feel like I've had, you know, I, I try to always go above and beyond anytime I do anything as an employee, um, for past companies or anything. So this was like, I think pretty well suited for me and the easy transition into opening my own place as hard as it was, there's also, um, some certainty about it, I guess. Um, so I still find time to do more than I should. <laughs> I'll just say <laughs> that I'm good at putting more on my plate than I probably w should do. I like that. I like being busy. I like doing a lot of things, but um, it's, you know, COVID taught me a lot of things too, about finally having to stop and having to slow down for a few months. We were closed for about almost two months and, uh, I still worked managed to work about 50 hours a week from home, like, pro uh, planning and do reorganizing things, whether recipes, redoing employee handbooks, working on 
website, updating the website or doing new uniforms for the employees. You know, I made hay with the time I had and very uh, concentrated time I had uh, that set us up, I think, at the bakery for hopefully the next five to 10 years, getting us into a better situation, a better place. But also working 50 hours definitely feels like slowing down a lot to me. And it was nice to have extra so. time. We have extra time with the kids and mm. just see a little bit. I think we've all gone through some of this kind of thing about um, some reprioritizations of life. Um, since then, since we've reopened up for COVID, um, I closed down an additional day. We were only closed on Sundays only. Mm-hmm. And I've made a lifestyle decision to change on Monday or to be closed on Mondays as well. So basically the whole team has two days off in a row together and together and myself included, you know, most of the time. They're probably you know, happy uh, about that, the, the team. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I think that some of the things we can do, some of the concessions maybe as a business owner you think is as a concession actually turns out to be pretty fruitful and rewarding in a more sustainable and long-term way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to swallow and hard to think about that or hard to look in a pure numbers uh, type of way, mm-hmm. but really can, I've, just noticed it. I mean, first of all, it's easier to manage and make a schedule when everybody's there every day. Yeah, we have a lot of of, uh, people coming to work here that are from out of state or out of town, and they become friends with each other naturally, because that's who they're around. And they have time to go do things together. They have, they're really recharged for the week by having two days off in a row together instead Mm -hmm. of possibly having split days and things like Mm -hmm. that. um, Yeah, I I don't know. I've seen a lot of reward with that and um, had we're going to stick with those things, you know? So let me ask you uh, chef, um, you mentioned your website. Um, mm-hmm. If people wanted to follow you, can you kind of call out the website and maybe your um, Instagram? Do you have a way for people to reach you or follow you? Yeah. Our website is nrbakery.com. Um, on Facebook it's and Instagram. It's Nathaniel Reed bakery. And mm-hmm. I think on Twitter it's Nathaniel Reed, but we don't really use Twitter very often mm-hmm. and everything, but that's kind of how, People could stay in touch and see what we're doing as uh, time goes on and everything. And it's kind of interesting. It just really quick about how I use the social media as like, I kind of use it as a peek into our world and don't really show everything because it's, I want it to be like people getting and like, it's, it's for me, how I base it is more for the local customers, not to show off as a chef, you know, mm. it's really what we do and really trying to get this community sense more than trying to show off in a prestigious type of manner, you know, and mm-hmm. develop the business. Well, you've always been a super humble guy. I mean, you know, since I've known you, I, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So we try to make it like kind of a, some of it as uh, a peak or a tease into getting you to come in and really seeing things in full blast and full form. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been kind of challenging for people to understand that vision, you know, <laughs> I work with the social media company, mm-hmm. but also like, I don't know, it's really rewarding. And then we get people come in and we have lots of conversations and engagement with them. And there's definitely a, a fun community spirit about the bakery and mm. um, involvement with the community and things like that. That makes it kind of neat, you know, to come in and see, Oh wait, there's more. I've never even seen this cake online before. So you have, uh, yeah, surprises, like a mystery door they walk into. Well, what a a great dessert to cut into the center and have some surprise inside. No kidding. Nice. Well, Chef, I really appreciate you being on today. This has been really great to get to know you even better. And and I uh, wish continued success in in your operation and in you and your life. Take care of those kids and your lovely wife. And uh, thanks again. 
uh, thank you very much for having me. It's uh, certainly been a pleasure catching up and I wish you all the best. For all of you listening out there, Chef Special is part of the Believe Podcast Network. Check it out at believe.com and follow me on Instagram at Patrick Honeywell. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.